I live in western North Hampshire, and I think I saw something on a walk. I know I am not close to the Four Corners, and I know that may make this hard to believe, but I know that I saw something. I woke up at 7 a.m. to walk to a park to see my buddies, which was my first mistake, walking alone. Usually I carry a knife on me when I go anywhere alone, but that morning, I did not. I started walking down my street and had a strong feeling of dread and fatigue. I turned onto a gravel road and saw a figure light gray and about five feet five. Its arms were down to its knees and it was just there, slouched over. I stared at it for around fifteen seconds, then built up the courage to start running. Once I got in my house, my dog started growling. He is a golden retriever, so that's very rare. I locked the door and ran up to my room with my dog at my side. I peeled out of the window and saw it peeking just behind the tree line. I pulled out my phone, but it had already ran away. Any input on the would be greatly appreciated. I'm on patrol, my first night on the job as a park ranger. I'm a little nervous, but excited to be out here in the wilderness. The moon is full and the stars are out, but the darkness of the forest is a little intimidating. I'm walking along the trail, taking in the sights and sounds of the forest, when I hear something in the distance. I can't quite make out what it is, but it sounds like it's coming from the woods just off the trail. I decide to investigate, and I make my way into the woods. As I get closer to the sound, I realize that it's a low growling noise. I'm starting to get a little uneasy, but I remind myself that I'm a park ranger, and I can handle anything. Suddenly, I see something move in the darkness. I freeze for a moment, trying to make out what it is. And then, I see it. A Sasquatch standing just a few feet away from me. It's huge, and its fur is matted and dirty. It looks like it hasn't been groomed in months. I try to approach it slowly, thinking that maybe I can get a closer look. But as soon as I move, the Sasquatch notices me. It turns its head and locks eyes with me, and then it charges. I don't have time to react before it tackles me to the ground. I'm lying on the ground, trying to defend myself as the Sasquatch tries to kick me. I can hear the sound of a car engine in the distance, getting closer and closer. And then, the Sasquatch turns and runs away. I'm lying on the ground, bruised and battered, when another park ranger pulls up in a jeep. He helps me to my feet and takes me back to the ranger station. But I can't shake the feeling that I've been marked by that Sasquatch. As the night goes on, strange occurrences begin to happen. I start seeing the Sasquatch everywhere I go even in my dreams. I become increasingly paranoid and convinced that the Sasquatch is stalking me. I try to tell my colleagues and superiors about the Sasquatch, but they just dismiss it as a hallucination caused by my injuries. But I know what I saw, and I know that it's real. In the winter, I help ranchers reduce predation on their livestock by trapping coyotes. I run a wide variety of sets, including snares. One night last December, I was checking the last of my line and was having trouble finding one of my snares. This meant I had to be sprung, but there was no sights of struggle. Most likely explanation is a deer set it off and broke the breakaway device, getting away. Finally, I spotted fur, but it was a small object. 
My first guess as to what I was looking at was a rabbit caught by mistake. But as I walked up, it wasn't a rabbit. It was a coyote, or rather what was left of it. A decapitated head, still in the snare, and three inches of windpipe, six, eight feet from the head, was all that remained. No chunks of fur, no blood, no struggle. Just a head that had been bitten off clean. Unfortunately, we had a very open winter last year with little snow, so there was no tracks. This wasn't the only incident, either. Over the next couple months, there were 15, 18 coyotes that were either decapitated or torn in two, with half the body carried off. I had been trying to figure out what had done it. The prime suspect of local predators is a mountain lion. However, most mountain lion attacks on coyote are very messy, with fur torn everywhere. I'm also not entirely sure a lion with a bite force of roughly 600 pounds could snip a coyote's head off in one bite. The next most likely culprit is a wolf. Wolves kill coyotes on sight, as a get-rid-of-the-competition thing, and with a bite for up to 1,500 pounds on the highest end has the power. Also, while officially denied, there are getting to be more and more wolves in this region. But again, wolves killing a coyote is pure carnage, not near as clean as what I saw most of the time. Also, why carry the body off? These predators would either eat it right there or just kill it and leave it lay. I'm not saying this was Silas, but it is a mystery I've been contemplating for months now, and when I first heard O.P.'s story. Well, when he said Nebraska, he had my curiosity. When he said Cherry County, he had my attention. We had a conversation and learned his sighting was roughly 50 miles from the first incident. However, this happened all over the territory. Maybe it was just a wolf or lion, or maybe something else. I will make another post with photos of some of the coyotes that were killed. I live in the Pacific Northwest, about an hour or so away from Seattle, in the mountains. Up in a small logging-slash-mining town. That has a large handful of quarries, abandoned mines, caves, and small old abandoned towns in the mountains. My neighborhood is tucked away in the woods, with a river running right through most people's backyards. My first encounter with this creature was, I believe, in February 2019, sometime around 10 p.m. I was walking my dog up the thin, curvy stretch of road that is my neighborhood, listening to my typical edgy girl playlist while slowly picking up the speed into a jog. My dog and I continued following the paved road, around one of the sharp turns, not even half a mile into my walk. My dog significantly slowed down. His body language changed drastically. He didn't want to go any further. His was focused on a dark patch of pine and maple trees growing on one of the larger fenced-off properties in the neighborhood. I tried to look in the general direction he's staring in and scanned the area. I looked past the metal fence sitting in the shadows, and I gaze upon a small patch of forest with a creek and a decent-sized pond. My focus was quickly interrupted by a eerily human-like figure standing under the trees, in front of the fence. An overwhelming amount of dread quickly washed over me. It felt like all the hairs on the back of my neck were standing straight up. Everything felt wrong. I felt like I was a horror movie. All I remember was making a run for it with my dog Shorty after, and not looking back. The empty hollows that were... Its eyes still give me the feeling, or dread, as I type this. 
What I saw was not a bear, wolf, coyote, mountain lion, and it sure as hell wasn't human. Whatever the hells it was, it stood on all fours. Its elbows were poking out, its ribs were protruding. It had long bony fingers, its spine was poking out a sickening amount. Its skin was a sickly pinkish pale. It had no ears and little hair. It had a face, but I could barely make anything out. I do clearly remember its hollow eyes. My second encounter with this creature was only but a few months later. I was going on another walk, this time without my dog. It had been a while since I was comfortable going outside at night. This time, in fact, I had gotten a bit further up the neighborhood than the last time. I started walking around the corner, just up the hill where I'd seen the creature for the first time. I heard a woman scream and it stopped me dead in my tracks. It sounded off. I don't know how else to explain. I got the weird feeling of dread again. The screams were then shortly followed by non-stop crying. It sounded like it was coming from the forest right off the road. I tried to focus on my breathing and not freak out, but I was definitely panicking. I started running up the hill, the crying sounds slowly fading away as I get further. I was panicking. I didn't quite know what to do. I had to run back in the opposite direction for about one-fourth a mile to get home. After a few seconds of reassuring myself, I turned around and made a run for it. The crying had completely stopped by the time I'd gotten back to where I originally heard it. I didn't care anymore. I kept on running, even when noticed something quickly following me tree to tree. I didn't see it, but I heard something large moving around in the trees after me. To be frank, my stamina is pretty garbage, so by the time I needed to take a moment to breath, I was right back where I was when I first saw the creature. I didn't stop for very long because I felt like it was still following me. By the time I was running again, it sounded like something was right behind me. I heard footsteps behind me, but I couldn't muster the courage to turn around. Anyway, I'm sorry this story was so long and I was rambling, but I can't tell if this was a crawler or a rake, also to clarify in the first encounter. When I first heard the woman cry slash scream is when I stared to run. Note the scream was not coming from the trees. In the first encounter, after I started to run in the wrong direction, which I did because kept trying to convince myself it was just leaves falling or something, but I started to have a panic attack and eventually turned around because of how unsafe I felt. I heard it quickly jumping tree to tree. It was so fast. For a majority of the time, I was running from the creature. It was almost always a tree ahead of me. In the second encounter, I did stop at the same spot I saw the creature in first encounter at. I think it's the same creature. Sorry didn't mean to be hella confusing. In the second encounter, after I took a few second breather and started to run again. That's when I noticed I couldn't hear it in the trees anymore and I heard footsteps behind me. I was a young police officer, fresh out of the academy and eager to make a difference on the streets. I'd always dreamed of being a cop, and I was determined to do whatever it took to catch the bad guys and keep the city safe. One night, I was called to the scene of a brutal crime. The victims were brutally attacked, and there were bite marks all over their bodies. At first, I thought it might have been an animal attack, but the teeth marks were unlike anything I had ever seen before. They were jagged and uneven, like nothing any animal I knew of could have made. 
I told my sergeant that I thought some kind of creature had attacked the victims, but he just laughed and told me I was insane. He said I should forget about it and focus on finding the real perpetrator, but I couldn't shake the feeling that there was something more to this crime than met the eye. Feeling unsure of what to think, I decided to return to the crime scene on my own. As I walked through the dark, abandoned house, I couldn't shake the feeling of being watched. I kept my gun at the ready, unsure of what I might find. As I entered the room where the victims were found, I saw something that chilled me to the bone. There, crouched over one of the corpses, was a creature unlike anything I had ever seen before. It was a crawler, with long, spindly legs and a twisted, distorted body. It was sucking the blood from the corpse, and I could see its razor-sharp teeth glinting in the dim light. Without hesitation, I aimed my gun and fired, but the creature was too fast and it dodged out of the way. It ran through the window and was gone before I could get off another shot. I ran to the window, but there was no sign of the creature. It had vanished into the night. I sat there, staring out into the darkness, trying to make sense of what I had just seen. I knew that no one would believe me if I told them about the crawler. They would think I was crazy, or worse, that I was covering up my own mistakes. But I couldn't shake the feeling that there was something out there stalking the streets, preying on the innocent. I knew that I had to do something to stop it, but I didn't know where to start. I couldn't shake the feeling that I had missed my chance to stop the creature and that it would continue to roam the city, hunting for its next victim. I sat there for hours, lost in thought, trying to come up with a plan. But it was no use. I couldn't think of anything that could stop the creature. And so, I sat there in the darkness, alone, unsure of what the future held. As the night went on, I realized that I couldn't just sit there and do nothing. I had to tell someone about what I had seen, even if no one would believe me. So I gathered my courage and went to my sergeant, and I told him everything. I was prepared to be laughed at, but he just looked at me with a serious face and told me that he would investigate the matter. I was relieved, and at the same time, scared. Scared of what the truth might be. Scared that the creature might be real, and that it would come back for me. From that night on, I was a changed man, haunted by the memory of the crawler and the knowledge that somewhere out there, it was still lurking in the shadows, waiting for its next victim. Back in the 80s, my family would go to Geneva on the lake in Ohio, Lake Erie, to stay at a cabin every summer. One time I was out past the rock pier, things playing on an inner tube, and I saw what looked like a head from the mouth up about 20 yards farther out. I knew I was the only kid out there at the time, so I was really confused about who it could have been. I watched it for maybe half a minute, then looked back at the beach to see who it might be. But everyone was still on the beach. When I turned around, it was gone. Thought maybe it was a log. But I spent the rest of the day watching because it scared me a lot, but nothing else surfaced. It's one of those childhood memories that was so profound that when I think about it, I feel like I'm back in that moment. If you can forward this to him, that would be great. I've only told one other person about this because who would believe such a thing? In a series of correspondence provided to the society by Watson, Giancola described the head as dark, hairless, and human-sized. I want to say merpeople, but is that really a thing? He asked Watson. Watson responded, merpeople actually are a thing. 
I have a chapter on them in Canadian Monsters and Mysteries. I found several Canadian stories related to them in my research, both at sea and in the lakes of Canada. First Nations people in some areas seem to refer to them as the gods of bodies of water, and they are associated with storms and other rough water events if antagonized. So I consider my rationale to a degree, but I can't also ignore what I encountered in Azusa, California. One night I fell asleep with my window opened, and I woke up to the sound of leaves breaking from the tree outside of my window. The way that I was sleeping was my head was where my feet usually are, and that's where my windowsill meets my bed. The tree's branches are visible from where I was, also give that the tip of the tree extended upward, despite my house being two floors. There it was, white skin like snow. The head was hard to make out, almost like my brain didn't have a proper translation for it. And it was long as in if it stood up, it would be seven feet tall. It realized I had woken up. It was startled when it shook and surprised. It shook almost all the branches in the tree, as if it has never been seen by anyone before. I freak. I close my window, the blinds then. This is where it gets real scary. I hear it jump down from the tree. It's a twenty-plus foot drop, but it cleared the sidewalk into my front yard. I knew this because I've landed on the grass when I've jumped down from my window. The impact it made told me how close it was. Then, it jumped up to my windowsill and stood in front my window before crouching. This giant black shadow appeared, and its head was huge, but almost resembled a human skill, like shaped, or hominid if you will. I turned on the light. It was still there. I got out of my room, walked across the hallway I could hear, its heavy steps walking along the roof, stalking me from the windows it could peer through. After a bit, it jumped off my roof and took off. This was the first encounter. My question is, does salt truly work in warding off spirits? We had traveled up near the Canadian border in St. Louis County, Minnesota a few summers ago. We rented a cabin off the grid in the middle of nowhere. Our son is severely disabled, and while he's nonverbal, he definitely isn't quiet. He makes very loud sounds, guttural shrieks and whoops. This particular spot takes about an hour off-road to get to. It's near logging roads, but there are no people. Very rugged roads. The cabin is on 320 acres of lake and surrounded by well over 40 acres of forest. It's just us there. Plenty more acres, but that is just the acreage around the cabin. That night, my son was standing on the deck. It's on the second level of the cabin. He was jumping and bashing and howling. The pounding of his jumping on the deck was reverberating throughout the forest. This was something we would usually worry about, but not here. It felt great not to have to worry. This is the very reason we are here. No one to judge us or get upset by our sounds. Off to the west, we began hearing something. It sounded as if it was mimicking my son. Just didn't feel real at first. It was in no way this is happening moment. It mimicked him unbelievably well. It was loud and sounded as though it had the lung capacity of twenty men. It was definitely an animal. It didn't sound angry at all or menacing. It was just a strong mimicking sound. I don't really know how to explain it. We went inside and did our best to ignore it. I felt the entire rest of the trip as if we were being watched. 
I couldn't shake that feeling. It was the most uncomfortable I've ever felt in my life. I cannot explain it. Just thinking about it now makes me uncomfortable. There were other very odd things that occurred that week, but I don't really feel comfortable sharing. Almost supernatural. I know that sounds silly. Smoke alarms going off at night, etc. Just weird things. We ended up going back the next summer as we didn't let on to our other son who was asleep at the time that anything had occurred. We have had no incidents like that again. No feeling of being watched and nothing uncomfortable but that incident. That week will always stay with me. Hey guys. I've lurked on this sub for many years, and I never thought that I'd have a reason to post on here, but here I go. By the way, this happened not even 15 minutes ago. As I'm writing this, it's currently 9.32pm, so it's obvious pretty dark. I was on the back porch, smoking a bowl. Not enough to get me stoned out of my mind. So, I am certain what I saw was actually there. Prior to the encounter, I was getting my stuff together to go outside to smoke, and I had earbuds in, but with one earbud out, I heard something in woods. It was like a screeching and then a loud growl. I shrugged it off as if it was my neighbor's dog. I then heard it again a few minutes later. I realized that can't be a dog. It just couldn't be a dog. It was creepy. The tree line is about 20 feet away from the porch. In the tree line, to my right, I see something like red eyes. It was tall and lanky. I got a sinister feeling from it. My heart dropped to my stomach. I dropped everything I was holding and ran back inside. I have no idea at all what it could be, but that really scared me shitless, like no other. I don't think I'll ever go back there at night, ever again. It was light on its feet, walked on all fours, as big as a deer, no fur with a weird tan white skin color, arched back and a smooth round head. My friend leveled two rounds of birdshot at it once it was moving towards us. It stopped after the shots for a couple minutes for us to start running, but it started up a few again around us after a few minutes. Someone explain what me and my friend saw in the woods. I am home now, and we sprinted four miles straight. A friend and I saw something several years back. It was very thin, and its skin looked as if it had a full-body latex suit on. Very shiny. Bone structure in its face, but no eyes or orifices. You could see the ribs. Head was elongated and fingers long and pointy. Had a peculiar-looking gait to it. This was late at night, and the creature was directly under a security light in my friend's backyard. We had been sitting quietly in his truck. This thing walked up not noticing us. Maybe fifteen feet in front of us, directly under the security light. My friend screamed and it jumped and faced us. It then took off towards the woods. We had been gone for a while and just sitting in the driveway chilling before we went in. We had actually pushed the truck to the house because we had ran out of gas right before we got back to his house. We finally got brave enough to run into the house, but the door was locked, and he didn't have a key because he never locked the house. Then we go around the house to try to get through his bedroom window, only to find that it was open. Not only was it open, but the screen was wadded up and shredded on the ground. Anyone have any idea what this thing could have been? This was in 1996 or 97. 
I've never been able to figure it out. This happened back in either 2000 or 2001. I can't really remember which, but it was around there so quite a while ago. I have a group of friends that loves the outdoors and loves to explore different areas around the country. We've been all over from east coast to west, north and south. It's been a lot of fun over the years. I prefer the north as I'm not a fan of being hot and sweaty, but we vote on where we're going next. So we got the group together and half chose to go to Big Cypress National Preserve in Florida. I wanted to go to Alaska, but it was only me and my buddy John who chose Alaska, unfortunately. I agreed on Florida on the condition we didn't go in the summer, which was debated for about an hour over lunch. Finally, I convinced enough of my friends that it was a good idea. We compromised on going in September, where it's still warm but not excruciatingly hot, like in the middle of summer. We planned on hiking, biking, canoeing, and staying at multiple campsites throughout the park. We'd even planned to try some of the primitive sites without all the modern creature comforts. We decided we'd check out Everglades National Park as well, since it's right next door to Big Cypress. We drove east down the main road called the Tamiami Trail to the scenic route that brought us to the Concho Billy Trail. Finally, we get to the trail park the cars and get our bikes out. We all took pictures of the green Concho Trail sign, and that's when we first smelled something rank, kind of skunk-like. That's not unusual, though, out in nature, and we set out on the trail. The smell passed pretty quickly, about ten minutes into our ride. We stopped again after about a mile and heard this loud call from the trees. It was low, almost a rumble, but it carried. We all just looked at each other and put our fingers up to our lips. I know there's no mountain lions in the park, but I wasn't sure if there was a bear or not. Twice we heard it call out, and my friend Annie even recorded it on her phone. We waited after the second call about twenty minutes. Then we got back on our bikes and took off. We traveled barely half a mile more when we heard the call again. We stopped to listen, and then we smelled an awful rank smell again. This time it was like a mix of skunk and strong urine. That's the best I can describe it. The calls seemed farther out than we'd heard before, but the smell seemed to just permeate the entire area. It was incredibly strong, and he decided to record the sounds again with her phone. We stayed there, maybe ten minutes, and something crashed in the trees off to our right. Maybe thirty feet away from us. We didn't stay to see what it was. We got on our bikes and we hauled as fast as we could back to the cars. I don't know what it was. We got back in the cars and took off back to camp. We were all laughing at each other and kind of freaking out together. We got back to camp and we told our story to a few people. Even played the recordings. No one knew what it was but we did learn that there is indeed black bear that live in the preserve. What we heard wasn't a bear, though. And that smell seemed to show up with the calls. We've had odd encounters before in our travels, but this one, this one takes the cake. To this day, no one knows what we heard. We've played the calls to many people, even some animal people, you know hunters and some rangers we've met in our travels. No one can identify the calls. It's really strange. A couple of people have said this sounds like a possible crawler, so though I would post here. My friend was walking her dog over Epsom Downs in the UK in the evening. 
It was in the woods behind the racetrack, and it was winter, so it was pitch black up there. I was on the phone to her when it happened. She was walking down a wooded trail using only her phone light, which she was pointing at the floor to see the path, when right in front of her in the middle of the path, maybe seven, eight feet or so away, there was a very bright set of eyes staring at her. She said they were probably about seven feet head height, said they were quite a bit taller than a average human. They were bright yellow and very large and perfectly round, and kept blinking every second or so. She didn't shine the light on it, unfortunately. She just saw it, froze for five seconds or so, and then turned around and walked in the opposite direction. I could hear the fear in her voice. It was strange, and the eyes seemed to glow, bearing in mind there was no natural light to reflect the light off the eyes, as brightly as she described. It was a rainy, cloudy night, and there are no roads with car headlights penetrating where she was. It was so dark she couldn't even see their figure. Her dog ran back to her. It seemed to run straight through as if it ran under its legs. Dog weighs 60 kilograms and didn't react to its presence. The bushes surrounding the path were bare of leaves and very stick-thin slash weak branches. And the eyes were in the middle, so couldn't have been an owl, far too tall to have been a fox or badger. There aren't deer up there, and she said the eyes were forward-facing, as in same distance apart, and position as human eyes. She said they were very bright and very large. She definitely wasn't seeing things. She has never made up stories or witnesses anything like this before. And the fear in her voice was real. I've never heard her like that. Any idea what it may have been? My encounter with a humanoid. The encounter took place about four years ago. Since learning about humanoids and in particular about the rake, I was always very fascinated about them. Back in the good old days, one of my best friends, Robert, would come over for sleepovers. I introduced him to the rake. We always watched horror movies or videos of bizarre encounters as we loved to frighten ourselves before venturing out into the local woods. I basically live a two-minute walk away from the woods. Till that night trip, we never encountered anything really creepy when venturing into the woods. Sometimes Robert would try to stand still in silence in hope of hearing something exciting. Fie. An animal walking over wood sticks creating sounds. In order for you to better understand my thoughts later on, I want to give you a detailed explanation of our path. It was after midnight when we heated out. Shortly after entering the forest, there is a small crossing with a left path and a right path. We took the right path, walking up a hill for about a quarter of an hour. After that, we just pretty much followed the path reaching the peak of the hill, and then ventured down again for about ten minutes. We reached another crossing. The left path would lead us to another exit, whereas the straight path would let us continue walking onto another hill. About half an hour going up the hill, I told Robert that I wanted to go home as I started to get cold and exhausted. Furthermore, I told him that I did not see us witnessing anything exciting anymore for that night. Robert was disappointed, but nevertheless agreed. Robert wanted us to regularly stop speaking and be completely silent so we could hear everything surrounding us. We also flashed our lights in the woods regularly. This is where it starts to get creepy, as we started to head down the second hill. We started to relax and talk about other interests, as my back then. 
Shrimp posture obliged me to. I more or less only looked at my feet when walking. As we reached the second crosswalk again, Robert suddenly scurried up. In panic, he asked me whether I also saw something jump slash hush in the woods coming from the right path. Former left path. To the path we originally came from. As I already mentioned, I looked at my feet when walking down the path, meaning I could not have seen anything. However, I believed that Robert just wanted to build up suspension, as he liked to do that when nothing happened at our trips. So I did not really believe him in that. He started throwing rocks in the area where said figure seemed to head, our way back, Batyu. We stood still for some minutes, listening for any suspicious sounds, but the forest was in total silence. Realizing this, it made me somewhat uncomfortable. On our way back from the second crossing to the first, we started to ease back down again and started talking normally. The walk back also took about half an hour. This is where it gets really creepy. As we were about to reach the first crossing, I used my flashlight on the trees that were not too far in front of us. As I pointed my light on them, I noticed that there were two yellow dots right beside a big tree. As we came closer, I could see it more clearly. These were not just two yellow dots. I started to recognize a bald head with these two yellow glowing eyes. I told Robert to stand still. I pointed him the area where that thing was peeking from the tree. I was furious at him because he did not see it. I told him that he needed to focus on the yellow dots. When he recognized it, he freaked out too. I freaked out even more when I thought about our situation. This creature stood between the only near entrance slash exit out of the forest and us. We really started to panic as we did not know what to do. As Robert also started to flash on that creature, and we both more or less shouted at ourselves. The creature went behind the tree and peeked out from the other side. As we followed with our lights, it stepped back from the tree. I was able to see more of its body. It was white slash gray hunched over, and its arms were hanging down. It slowly walked away from the crossing, moving one leg, then the other one. We stood on the spot for a few seconds. Then I carefully started to peek in the area it vanished. I couldn't see it anymore. I told Robert to run for his life, and boy, oh boy, even Usain Bolt would have been astonished of our speed in that run. We ran through the exit and went back to my home. It was the scariest experience of my life. What I really find so intriguing about this encounter. This creature either followed Slash, stalked us very quietly through the woods for about half an hour since Robert spotted it on the second crossing till the exit, or it was smart enough to recognize where the path we took would be leading us to wrath, as we first saw it at the second crossing and then in front of us at the exit. It was also able to recognize pretty fast that we spotted it. I think by switching sides at the tree when peeking, it wanted to confirm for itself whether we spotted it by seeing us rotating light to the other side of tree. Mind you, these were bad flashlights, which lights only performed worse over that range. Last but not least, I do not think it was scared in the slightest of us. Even as I and Robert started to speak more loudly in a stressed voice, it calmly started to walk away. Description of the creature White slash gray body head, looked bald long arms hunched body posture with the arms hanging down. It must have been about two meters tall. A 
about two months ago, my wife, son, and I moved to northern Alabama. We're in a rural area surrounded by many cattle and horse fields. A couple times per week, right around 1.32 a.m., our two large dogs will go absolutely ballistic and bark-slash-growl at the front door, but nothing is outside. Our ring camera hasn't really caught anything. Recently, I've been having weird dreams, alien encounters, coyote invasions, etc. I don't say anything to my wife or son about these dreams, but every time I have them, my son tells us about his dreams. The night I had a dream that aliens were hovering around our house in a UFO trying to abduct us. He had a dream about aliens. The night I had a dream about coyotes being in the cattle field attacking our cats. He had a dream about coyotes too. There's been nothing said slash done during the day related to aliens or coyotes. Do you have any idea of any creatures in northern Alabama that would cause this?